0: It's just good to be here. I've seen some people who have not seen in about a year. Uh, That's true. There are many of you who are back, and uh, we saw some individuals earlier in our 9 a.m., and I know that some of you are here now also at 10.30 to be a part. Uh, We're still thankful for those of you who are watching online, grateful that you are present with us, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to be getting out um, shortly, sooner rather than later, and to be back and to be a part and, um, and be with us. Uh, we're starting a new series, as you can see this morning. Uh, we have been going through since the first of the year some studies in the book of James and talking about being difference makers, and we're going to shift gears this morning and begin something that is brand new. And I can remember as a kid watching television, and I can remember, and for some of you, this is going to take you back. For others of you, you have no idea what I am talking about. And as a speaker, sometimes you're taught never... Never distance yourself from the audience. So, so never set up a situation where you were showing yourself uh, not to be one of the people. Or to make it where you're talking about something that you're showing everybody just how old you are, right? Well, I'm going to have to do that. Because I remember when I was a kid watching television, and all of a sudden, it would be interrupted for an important news bulletin. You remember when that would happen? We interrupt this program for an s- important... Broadcast, right? There's some bulletin that's going to come out and it was either about something that was happening in the weather or something in politics and it was always bad whenever the president was going to address the nation and it would come into the television channel and and look I would I could put it on a different channel guys. Some of you were wondering, well, what's the big deal? I could put it on a different channel, but all the channels were interrupted. We only had three channels That was it And, And if one channel got interrupted they all got interrupted. And it always seemed to happen right in a climactic moment of the show that I was watching. It's, it's right before the big reveal. It's right there, you're getting ready for that final touchdown. It's that waited for and longed for kiss. And we interrupt this program for an important news bulletin. Ah, man, it was terrible. And look, you couldn't go back and watch it later on app. You couldn't, you couldn't binge it. There was no such thing as binging. Well, there was, but that was just you sitting there with a the bag of Doritos watching your show. That was it. You were binging on Doritos. But there was no way, and you missed whatever it was that you were watching for this important interruption. Now, the word interruption actually is defined as breaking in. And I want you to think about it for a minute. Who likes to be broken into? Who, who likes that? Who likes to be disrupted? Who welcomes any kind of delay? Who likes for their work or sleep or routine or, or phone call to be interrupted. We never hang up a sign that says, please disturb me. We never do that in our life, right? That's not what we do. We don't like to be interrupted, but the world is full of interruptions. Now, some of them are just small. Some of them are tiny. You know, you're getting ready. You're trying to get to work. You've got an appointment to get to, and you walk outside, and the car doesn't start. Interruption. Now, no big deal, but you're going to get through it it's the headache that won't go away. It's the crying baby in the middle of the night. It's the unexpected house guest that you're trying to run around and prepare for. These are minor circumstances that leave us feeling frustrated and we're left feeling out of control. But some are bigger. It's the phone call from the doctor with the, the unexpected news. It's the meeting that ends with your termination. It's the child that moves out and all of a sudden leaves the empty nest. It's the relationship that ends and the overwhelming grief that remains. It's the aging parent that requires extra care. You see, these type of events shake us to our core. We wonder and we ask, God, where are you in the midst of these? And then besides the small and the big, we just have the COVID-19 interruption, right? I mean, for the last year, your life has been Interrupted. And it has been interrupted in a way that for the majority of us we have never experienced before in our life. It's on a, it's on a different level. And no one is exempt. No one is exempt from, from having their life interrupted, from having preempted things take place. And I need you to understand something. Not even Jesus was exempt from these kind of things. He was well acquainted with interruptions. In fact, A lot of the moments that you remember most about Jesus took place because of unforeseen circumstances that interrupted something that he was doing. So here's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. We are going to take a few weeks to observe God interrupted. And we're going to watch his face. And we're going to listen to his voice. And we're going to observe his choices. And we're going to see what we can learn where well, we're going to watch as people and circumstance break into Jesus' day, and we're going to try to answer this question. What did Jesus know that allowed him not to break up when life broke in? We've I mean, a great thing to know. Hey, this would have been a great series to have done a year ago if only we had known that there was an interruption that was coming, right? Well, here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to go back, and we're going to look at a day in the life of Jesus— a, a whole day that is actually recorded by every single gospel author. And it only ha- happens one other time in Scripture, and that's with the crucifixion. And it's told by all four of the authors. It doesn't happen with Jesus' baptism or his temptation or even his, his, his birth. But all four writers give us a picture of this particular day. And it's as if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, well, they knew that we were going to one day ask if God understands what it means to have our lives be interrupted. And in four-part harmony, they answer, yeah, God gets it. God knows because Jesus lived it. Now, let's pick up in the middle of the story. You can read about this in Matthew 14, Luke 9, Mark 6, and John 6. Okay? Any of those, if you want to, they all give different perspectives. And we're going to hit different vantage points with these different authors all through our our time together this morning. But we're gonna pick up in the middle of the story as as Jesus and his twelve apostles land on the shore of Bethsaida. Now they leave the Sea of Galilee and they step right into the midst of a sea of humanity. And some scholars estimate that the crowd that greeted Jesus when he gets off of the boat is, could be as many as 25,000. And now what you need to understand is that Jesus had gotten on this particular boat He had crossed the Sea of Galilee for the specific reason to get away from people. And you thought God loves people. God never tries to get away from people. But Jesus did. There was a reason. But try as he might, we are told the people from many towns ran along ahead and they got to Bethsaida ahead of him. Now, have you ever felt that circumstances were just one step ahead of you? That no matter what you did, you just could not escape people. You could not escape the the, the, the emails, the, the interruptions. And as try as you might to work everything out, there was always this unexpected curveball. Look, Jesus is trying to get away, but he could not escape the interruptions. Because earlier that morning, it all began by him hearing how that his cousin, his friend, the one who had prepared the way for his ministry, John the Baptist, He heard that John the Baptist had been killed. John's head had been taken by an evil megalomaniac. And now the messengers that would bring Jesus the words of sorrow also brought with them a message of warning, saying, hey, look, Herod took John's head, and now he's after yours. Listen to how Luke records Herod's desires. I beheaded John, Herod said, so who is this man? And he kept trying to see him. Now look, something tells me he's not trying to get a selfie with him. I mean, something tells me he's not trying to update his Instagram with, hey, look who I saw. I'm hanging out with Jesus. He wants to see Jesus, and there is a purpose for it, and it's not a good one. And so with John dead and his own life threatened, Jesus decides to sell privately to a solitary place. But look, before he can get away, he's interrupted by his disciples. The Gospel of Mark states that the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Now earlier, Jesus had told his closest disciples, he sent them out to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, and they went from village to village, from town to town, and they talked about, here's what's going on with the kingdom of God, and they healed people everywhere that they went. And now the band's getting back together. They're coming back they're seeing each other for the first time. They're seeing Jesus, and they want to share all the things that have been going on. They, they, they're just filled with all of this excitement. And if you think about it, you can probably, as you read through this particular story, you can hear Peter as he's describing a lame man that he healed. And there's John talking about a crowd that he taught. And you've got Andrew, he's talking about someone who who was unable to walk that then jumped up when he told him to. And James is talking about how there were crowds who were following him. And, And Matthew is trying to quiet everybody down so that he can report about the healing of a blind woman. Remember, these are ordinary people. These are ordinary guys. They were not orators, they were not doctors, they were not scholars, they were not saints. They were just regular dudes. That God, through his power... And used to take the Jewish nation by storm. And they have something exciting that they want to share with Jesus. But Jesus wants to be alone. Does this sound familiar to anybody? You've had a long day. And you come home and you just want some me time. But man, your kids are so excited. Your kids are so excited about something that's going on at school. They're excited about a science project that they're trying to put together. Your spouse needs to talk to you about the upcoming weekend trip to the to the in-laws and, and be sure everything is worked out. And oh, don't forget about the text message that you just got from your coworker, the the missed call that you need to return from your mom. You just want to be alone, but others want to include you in their day. And Jesus says, been there. Been there. I know what it's like to get bad news and just want to I just want to run away. But it seems like I can't. But you know what Jesus does? He delays his trip of mourning. He delays a trip that he wanted to take to mourn his friend in order to share in his disciples' excitement. Now, talk about a roller coaster of emotion, right? But then another interruption comes before he can even listen to all the things that are being said by these guys who are just overflowing with excitement, people begin to flow out of the surrounding towns and villages and they want to see the one who would empower the disciples to do the great things. Mark describes what happens. He says, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus needs to grieve. He needs to be with his followers, and he needs to relax. And so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And for a few precious moments, the world is quiet again. The crowd begins to fade off in the distance, and the only sound that you're able to hear was the sound of the waves as they're hitting up against the side of the boat. And Jesus, his heart is filled with both sorrow, but but also filled with joy. I mean, he's got John the Baptist and everything that he's learned ha- happened that happened to him on his mind, but yet there he sits listening to the excitement and the stories that are being told of these triumphant disciples. He just needs some time alone. He needs time to pray. He needs time to weep. He needs an evening with those that he loves. He needs a time without the crowds and without all the demands. But as we learned earlier, while Jesus is in the boat, The crowd takes a six-mile hike around the edge of the Sea of Galilee, and they get to Bethsaida ahead of him. So what Jesus had in mind was not what the people had in mind. They had two different things on their minds. And what Jesus seeks and what Jesus gets, well, it's not the same. That sound familiar to any of you? Remember when, when all you wanted was a good night's sleep, but what you got was a colicky baby? Remember when you tried to catch up with work at the office and then, but then you got even further behind because you were thinking, man, how how can I get work done when I'm at the office and more people want more things done? And and my phone keeps ringing. I keep getting these emails. Or how about when you thought and you heard you're going to be able to work from home and you were like, woo, this is going to be great. And now you're saying, can I please go into the office? Remember when you wanted to use your Saturday for leisure, but you ended up helping a friend move instead? You have one thing on your mind. You have one thing that you want to do. And we interrupt this program for an important news bulletin. You know what that feels like, right? It's your life. Hey, speaking of that, why don't we interrupt what we're doing right now? Let's interrupt what we're doing right now because there is a special news bulletin that I need to to tell you. There's something that I need to give you. And that is the fact that in a month's time, we are going to be celebrating Easter here together as a church family. All right? Easter is coming. Easter is coming, and we are anticipating welcoming back so many of our family and friends. Many of you have already begun to receive your Uh, shots, your first or your second dose of uh, the vaccine that will hopefully be able to to tamp down even more on this virus that has been a plague on our world. And you're going to be able perhaps by the first of April to get out and to move around at, at a greater pace than you've done before. And maybe you are looking at saying, you know what, Easter is going to be that moment that I return back and be with the church family face to face. We want you to know that we are planning for this time. And because we want to also be able to plan for it in a way that continues to show our concern for everyone's health, we are going to be offering two services on Easter, one at 9 a.m., one at 10.30 a.m. These services are going to be identical. They're going to take place here in our auditorium. We're going to be having kids praise and we worship that will go on simultaneously during both of these services. And we are doing this because right now, the way that we are set up with every other pew, we kind of max out and we get a little uncomfortable when we get about 300 people in here, okay? But we're anticipating, and our prayer is that we're going to have around 400 of our family and friends be able to come out and feel comfortable getting out on that Sunday. And so we're going to offer two services, and what we need for you to do, we need for you to tell us which service that you would like to come and to be a part of, either that 9 a.m. or the 10.30 a.m. And you will see in front of you, somewhere there on your pew, you're going to see this QR code. And you're going to be able to take your phone. A lot of you know how to use these. You've been using them at restaurants, some of you that have been giving out, getting out. You'll get your, open up your camera app on your phone, you'll hold it up to this QR code, and you'll be given the opportunity to open up a website. And that website will go straight to the area where we sign up for services. You'll scroll down, you'll find Easter Sunday, and you'll choose the 9 a.m. or the 10.30 a.m. option. And for those of you who are watching at home, you can do the same thing right now on your television screen. Just look at the Easter at EB picture that we have up currently, take out your phone, Open up the camera app, hold it there, and then you'll be able to go to our sign-up area and tell us if you can come at 9 or you can come at 10:30. Again, those services will be exactly the same. They will be here in our auditorium, and we're doing this so that we can continue with our social distancing and allow individuals to feel like that they're, um, it is still a, a healthy environment for them to come and to be a part of. If you are Very concerned about mask wearing, we want you to know that we're going to have an area that is going to be set up here in our auditorium, an area within our building that is going to be for uh, mask wearers all the time, okay? And, And you can keep that on all the time if you would like in that particular area. For the rest of everyone, it's going to be a mask-recommended service where, again, we're asking as you are coming in to make sure you're wearing your mask, as you're exiting, if you're having any conversations that are going on. Very similar to the way that um, restaurants are handling this particular situation right now as well. So we want you to go ahead and do that. We want you to go ahead and choose 9 or 1030. Now, we want to be up front with you. We are praying that we're going to have... Like I said, around 400 people who are going to be able to come and to be a part. We don't know if that many people are going to feel comfortable getting out by Easter or not. If it looks like that, hey, we'll, we're going to be able to have a service where, where we can just fit, you know, maybe about 280, it looks like, what's going to be here, then in a couple of weeks, we'll come back and we'll tell you, look, guys, we're probably just going to end up having one service, okay? And so we'll come back and tell you that and um, make, make arrangements for that. But our prayer is that we're going to to need to have this um, opportunity to have these two services because we're wanting to be able, who, who knows, that we'll put in 280 in each service. And that'll be a wonderful thing as we celebrate Easter together. So go ahead and do that while you're here right now. Take out your phone. If um, you want to wait till you get home and talk to different family or friends to see which service they would like to come to, you can go on to eastbrainerchurch.org, go to our website, and you can see the Easter tab that will be there, and you can hit that, and then you'll be able to read about our Easter service and sign up as well. It's going to be a great time together. And now we return to our regularly scheduled broadcast, right? What's Jesus going to do? There's Jesus. He's there. He's getting out of the boat. You've got 25,000 people. There's no corona there. you got 25,000 people. They're all packed in. What's going to take place? Nobody would have blamed Jesus if he would have just gotten back on the boat, right? If he had gone out on a three-hour tour, that would have been great. But Jesus, it says, saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Look, the love that he had for people overcame his need for rest. So he welcomed them and he taught them about the kingdom of God and he healed those who were sick. Now let's hit the pause button on this day in Jesus' life. Let's get some important takeaways real quick. Jesus had faced intense sorrow and immediate threat and immeasurable joy. There were these immense crowds. There was an incredible demand put on him. But the calm of Jesus was never interrupted. The alarm never sounded. So what did Jesus know that enabled him not to break up when life broke in? I think the main thing was that Jesus refused to view people as interruptions. He knew the incredible value of each person. He knew that each human being is a treasure from God. And because of this, he did not see people as stressors, but he saw them as sources of joy. Now their wants and their needs they would interrupt his life, but Jesus never saw the person. He never saw the group as being the interruption, and as a result, he didn't stomp his feet and demand his own way. He didn't tell his disciples to go find a beach where nobody had been to. He he didn't ask the crowds, "Hey, why are you following me anyway? Are you really coming for the right reasons?" He didn't tell his apostles to go back into the field for more training. And most important, he stayed calm in the midst of the chaos. You know, perhaps the most important thing that you can do this morning is just change the way you look at people, the people who interrupt your life. And instead of seeing them as a nuisance or a bother, you begin to see them as God sees them. A remarkably and wonderfully made blessing. Here's another takeaway. I think Jesus viewed interruptions as opportunities. Think about this interruption that Jesus has on his life. And look at how it became an opportunity for him to share the message of God. It was an opportunity for him to show God-like compassion. An opportunity to display God-like power and to heal what sin had broken. What, What if you began to see the interruptions in your day through the eyes of Jesus so that tomorrow's diversion would be an opportunity for you to stop and to be present in the life of someone else? Tuesday's unwelcome intrusion could be an opportunity for you to experience life instead of just rushing right through it. Wednesday's interruption might be a chance for you to actually hear God. Or maybe maybe it's just going to be an opportunity for you to share your lunch. Let's finish the rest of the story. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go out into the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, you know, I used to think that that this was Jesus' way of testing his disciples to see if they would turn to him when they realized that they faced a situation that they could not handle. Now, i look at it a little bit differently now. I still believe it to be a test. But I don't think Jesus is testing them to see if they will realize something they could not do. I think it's a test so that they could realize something that they could do. I mean, after all, hadn't they just returned from this amazing you-won't-believe-Jesus-what-we-just-did-for-the-kingdom-of-God tour? Right? Isn't that what had just happened? And so Jesus is asking them to do the impossible again. And he's also checking to see how their hearts view this interruption. And I would love to tell you that they passed with flying colors. I would love to tell you that they recognized that Jesus would not ask them to do something that he did not intend to empower them to do. And I would love to be able to tell you that they went out and they fed the men and the women and the children. And they did all of this because they knew that they had the power of God within them. But I can't tell you that because that's not what they did. Rather than react with faith, they responded with physical responsibility. Physical responsibility is what they said. They've said, look, it's going to take a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and to give it to them to eat? Now look, don't miss the contrasting views here. When Jesus saw the people, he saw an opportunity to tangibly display the power of God in the midst of thousands of valuable lives. But when the disciples saw the people, they saw thousands of problems interrupting their restful getaway. They fail the test. And so do we. Guys, each day our life is interrupted by people and circumstances that we do not plan for nor invite. And instead of seeing these interruptions as opportunities to display or share the very heart of God, we gripe and we complain about lost time, about lost revenue, about lost productivity. We become upset. We even get angry because all of our plans have changed and it's all their fault. And then we start to hurry and try to move past the interruption. And because of that, we miss seeing the people and we miss seeing the opportunity. But thankfully, Jesus saw both. How much bread do you have? Jesus asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and he blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. And he also divided the fish for everyone to share. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Friends, interruptions provide the moments to see what God knows that we have been missing. As a kid, the majority of the time, whenever, whenever the television show was interrupted, when it was interrupted by the president or some news update, it was normally for a very important reason. There was something that, that needed to be communicated, something that needed to get out. And I didn't fully understand it at the time. I just wanted to see the Incredible Hulk. You know, I wanted to see Hulk smashed. I mean, that's what I wanted. What if this week, what if this week we started seeing life's interruptions as God trying to get our attention in order to share with us something that he knows that we've been missing? Something very important for us. What if with each interruption, we intentionally look for something that God wants and needs for us to see maybe it's the student that's standing right there in front of our desk maybe it's the real need that our neighbor has maybe it's to be able to see the coworker in the break room maybe it's to be able to to truly listen to what our parents are saying maybe it's to see the options to see to see the benefits to to see the blessing to see an important need and be able to make an immediate impact. These are all there waiting in the midst of the interruptions if we would just open our eyes to the opportunity. How do you view the interruptions in your life? Are they obstacles in your day that you just got to push through? Do you look at people as just another set of problems for you to deal with or ignore? Now if this is you, then understand that you are missing an incredible chance To learn a valuable lesson. With God, every moment and every person is precious. And I think that's why Jesus responded to interruptions the way that he did. That's why he didn't break down every time there was a break in. So the next time life breaks in on you, don't break up. Don't take out your anger and your frustration on the person that's in in front of you. Remember, they are someone who is highly valued by God. Instead, look for the opportunity. Because if you do this, you'll be a much better person once your life returns to its regularly scheduled program that's already in progress. Join me in prayer, if you would. Father, there are so many things that interrupt us. And we get so frustrated and we get bent out of shape because it's messing up our plan and it's messing up what we want and it's messing up how we have everything set. And maybe if we've learned anything over this last year, Lord, it's that we truly are not in control and that the small interruptions and even those big interruptions that we've had We've been shown again that there are interruptions we just cannot prepare for and understand. And for a lot of us, we've come close to breaking up. We've come close to breaking up with our spouse. We've come close to breaking up with our kids, with our parents. We've come close to to breaking up with our jobs. We've come close to breaking up with ourselves and, and and just falling apart. Thank you for reminding us today that that you understand a life with interruptions. Forgive us of for those times where we have looked at others and taken our frustration out on them, blaming them for the interruption that's in our life. And Father, forgive us for the times we just overlooked the opportunities. We've let We've let things go by this entire year, opportunities that you've given us, things that we could see, things that we could be doing, ways in which we could be growing spiritually and impact those individuals around us that we've just refused to see because we've been so angry that we couldn't go the places that we wanted to go and do the things that we wanted to do and work the way that we wanted to work or or worship the way that we wanted to worship. Father, we need our lives interrupted so that we could see so that we can see you more clearly allow us to approach the interruptions that we're going to have this week differently allow us to love the people that you bring into our lives give us patience to deal with those times where things go off kilter and father may we long for more and more opportunity to share your compassion to demonstrate your heart And just to be more like Jesus. Father, we thank you for the interruption of prayer and for what it does for our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, we're going to close out singing together today, and we want you to know that if you'd like to talk more about this message, if there are things that are on your heart. We have a prayer room that's located in our lobby, and one of our one of our elders, one of our shepherds, will be there and be glad to talk to you in a um, space that you can be separated and be able to um, uh, to share that um, information, to be able to pray together. We also have an opportunity for you to text prayer to four two three four five 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 three zero. This is also for those of you who are watching from home, and you are able to um, text prayer and then. You'll receive a response, put your prayer request after that response, and today on Sunday, one of our elders will respond to you. During the week, if you use this option, it'll be one of our staff members that will respond, but just another opportunity for us to be able to to share what's on our heart and things that are going on with us. Guys, it's been a long year of interruption. Next week when we come together, we're going to take time and space to um, grieve. We're going to take time and space to pray, and we're going to think about the fact that next week marks one year since we were all together as a church body. It was the last time that we were together a year ago next week. And we're going to um, interrupt our lives in order to give thought to the interruption of this last year. We hope that you'll be able to join us. Let's close out in song together.